0: Welcome back to another episode of DadCast. I am your host, JP, and joining me, as always, co-host, the tenacious one, Mr. Dick Martin. How are you, sir? i'm good how are you jp uh we're fantastic as always in my multi-million dollar studio back here joining us (laughs) today man i've been excited for this one for a while it's not very often we get a guest the caliber of who we are about to speak with he is a for me a for me a former u.s army (laughs) sergeant He is a six-time UFC champion, three of those being a heavyweight champion. He's a movie star. He's a humanitarian. He, and most importantly, is a dad. Welcome to DadCast, Mr. Randy Couture. How are you, sir?
1: Good, buddy. How are you doing? Oh, we're great, man. We're very,
0: very happy to have you along with us, man.
2: Thank
1: you. So I yeah, it. so excited,
2: man. And also, thank you for your service, man. My my son's in the army, so he's like he was oh, super awesome. excited when I told him we get to interview you. Well, so he, at least he's he stationed, the, he stationed in the right uh, branch, you
1: know, he picked the right branch. Yeah, he's not with the Marine Corps chewing on crayons and stuff.
0: Oh, you're <laughs> you're telling me the Coast Guard's not worthy?
1: Oh no, I I don't think anybody <laughs> takes the piss out of out of other services better than service members themselves. Exactly, so we, right? We have a lot of long-standing jokes uh between the services for sure. So but, Randy, uh, that that's awesome. Well,
0: Randy, as uh you are aware but we will uh, go over this uh, podcast, um it's it's we do our best to talk all things dad and everything that goes along that journey for you and for us and for Nick and uh you know the road that has got us to where we are right now but occasionally and by occasionally, I mean every single episode we have done. It usually goes right off the rails. So, you know, we're going to do our best. <laughs> we're going to do our best to get through everything, Dad. But, uh, you know, if we do end up talking a little bit about you and recent events and things that's going on in your life, yeah. uh, don't be too terribly surprised.
1: No worries. All no right. Worries.
0: All right. So, right off the bat, um, as a part of rite of passage of being on DadCast, uh, we must ask you the question to confirm Are you a dad?
1: I am a dad. I have, uh, three wonderful children. Um, my oldest two are, are from my first marriage. I got married at 19 years old, joined the army. That's what led me to the service was a way to support my my brand new family. My daughter was actually born in Germany when I was stationed in Germany. Um, but, uh, Ryan, my oldest, who people may or may not know from fighting, he fought for 12 years in Bellator. Um, you know, was born, you know, when I was 18, going on 19 years old. And uh, uh, ultimately, uh, I mean, he, he's just been a great kid, an amazing kid, and definitely changed my life forever. I think changed my perception of the world, uh, having a child. Uh, what an amazing experience. And uh, a lot of that's due to him. He's a great kid and a great guy.
0: It tends to do that, doesn't it? The whole perspective thing, when there's just this itty-bitty new life, that all of a sudden, you're responsible for i mean okay <laughs> everything else not important let's you know from here on out it's yeah. all about you know at least in my opinion as it should be as a dad you know this is you know, this is what it's about now it's not about you it's about that little life and everything going forward
2: yeah so
1: how is that man that's well you
2: you're, that's you're young I mean. and you have a have a baby like randy did that's it's crazy I was,
1: I, you know i was in survival mode the only i knew for sure when i found out my girlfriend was pregnant and we were having a baby was I wasn't going to be like my dad. My dad was never around you know, never paid support. Never, never. I'm lucky if I saw him once a year, birthdays and Christmas, forget about it. Um, so I knew in my heart that I wasn't going to be that dad. And so we got married uh, that February and then Ryan was born that next August. I had already signed on the dotted line for the United States army. Ryan was born in August and I left in October for for basic training.
2: August, uh,
0: I gotta ask. August what? What what is the day of his birth?
1: 82.
0: But what day? He was born in August. uh,
1: August 27th, 1982.
0: Okay. My son's born August 8th. So I was like, oh my gosh, maybe they share a birthday. Well, maybe I'll bring him in here a little bit later and you can you can meet my little man, my little, my little 10 year old. Been talking all about, you know, we're gonna be hanging out with with randy couture and he's like you know he's 10 so he's not quite he's like who's that and i had to show him and uh wait uh, oh, my lady's just correcting my my son's birthday is actually august i got the eight wrong in the august darling <laughs> his birthday's the sixth <laughs> there i just went on the record dad cast you know the greatest dad in the world forgot his son's birthday appreciate that
2: you know, uh, you, it happens to the best of us JP. She had, she, and she had to call <laughs> so me out good. right
0: when we're you know actually doing the show she couldn't wait till later you know appreciate that honey you want to come say hi to randy no she's like no she hates the camera <laughs> so that's uh that that's 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 pretty amazing you know nick he had uh, kids like you mentioned earlier early and then very late literally yes he's got a, a baby, baby 11 months ago and he's going <laughs> two so more I did,
1: we share that similar track actually uh i i was uh married for 11 years to to Ryan and Amy's mother. Um, and then we split up around the time I went to, to Oregon state to started coaching and uh, ended up meeting a, a gal that was also coaching there, Tricia. And uh, later down the road in 96, uh, we ended up getting married. And then I was kind of, you know, I'd had two kids. I didn't really want it have any more kids but she had never had any children so, and she wanted to have a child so we end up having having a child um unfortunately that you know that all the stress and all of that was kind of our undoing at the same time but uh we have a wonderful son Caden he's a senior in high school this year oh. 17 years old well, turned 18 honestly uh on the 25th of April so um
0: happy birthday Caden
1: yeah yeah. yeah and, and what a, what a crappy senior year with all this other mm-hmm. stuff going on, but uh, you know, he, he's taking it all in stride. He's a great kid. He's a very smart kid. He is going to Oregon state university next, next fall. Nice. So i um, excited about that. He's nice. going to be a beaver. That's, that's where I coached. That's where his mother played. And that's actually where I met his mother was at Oregon state. So
0: that's got to make very daddy cool. kind of proud, right?
1: Yeah. I, I'm happy that he, that he, you know, he made a choice to, to stay in state and, and go to his mom's alma mater and a place where, you know, I spent seven pretty important years in my journey coaching and where I got introduced to mixed martial arts and, and left that coaching job to pursue fighting full time. So, um, you know, which obviously I think is certainly going to have or has had some impact on the quality of his life as, as he's grown up. Um, so, but uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's a great kid.
2: How is he playing play any sports up there or?
1: He, you know, he's been doing he was doing karate and jujitsu forever. Mm-hmm. started when he was six years old uh doing karate and then later found jujitsu. I think uh he really liked the jiu-jitsu because he, you know, the only guys were hit that were his size were the gals. So he got <laughs> he got to wrestle and, and grapple with all the girls. So mm-hmm. I think that appealed to him a lot. Um he's uh doing a lot of downhill mountain biking now we live in bend oregon and you know mount bachelor's right there on the trails and the outdoor stuff and so him and his buddies have really gotten into snowboarding in the winter and doing this downhill mountain biking stuff in in the summertime so nice uh, that's what he's into
0: do you find yourself uh being an overprotective dad i mean balls out down a mountain on a mountain bike, no. you know, or is that, you know, just I
1: send him, uh, <laughs> I do send him some of these videos of these guys, uh, that, that do some of this single track stuff on these, right. you know, literally on the, to these ridges. And I'm like, man, this stuff is insane. And there is literally no margin for error. And I send him some of that stuff and you're like, Oh man, that, that is crazy. So as, as long as I'm hearing that from him and he yeah. thinks that's crazy, <laughs> I think we're going to be all right. You know, he's, He's got a good head on his shoulders.
0: How old was uh, your youngest when you started the journey into MMA? Give or take.
1: Gosh. Um, that was 1997 and he was born in 82. So he was oh, so he's yeah. already very much. He was teenager. in college. Yeah. Right. He was at, he went to college at Western Washington university. He was wrestling there when I started fighting.
0: All right. So there um, was no, that must've been pretty cool. I mean, I can only imagine. And all of a sudden, your dad's in. And uh, in, in UFC was starting to get a foothold. Then, obviously, it's not back from the Gracie era when it first started, but it was starting to really gain track. In fact, dare I say it, you, you, in your generation of fighters during that period of time, were probably instrumental in what UFC is today, hands down. So that must have been pretty cool. As I
1: think. Uh- yeah. I think it was cool for him as, as a kid, you know, his, his buddies, all his buddies in college thought it was pretty cool. I would come up there on some weekends and, and it, you know, obviously hang out with him, him and his buddies. I ended up wrestling a few of them in the grass more than more than one occasion. Um, but, uh, ultimately, you know, he started doing jujitsu and some kickboxing in college to, to lose that freshman 30 that he put on drinking all that beer. <laughs> yeah. Ultimately, yeah, and then, you know, he graduated degree in math and he was working for the bank for Wells Fargo, probably on a management track in the banking system. And I said, on the same time, I opened the gym here at, at Extreme Couture and I needed a manager. I needed a, a solid manager I could trust and rely on because I was still traveling around fighting and doing all the stuff I'd been doing. And so I, I pilfered him away from the bank, brought him down to the gym to manage the gym. He was there about four months and he's like, Dad, I, I really think I want to fight. I'm like, oh man. All right. So I'd hire a real gym manager and then he went about pursuing his fighting career. Obviously, he just retired from fighting this last year and uh, they're expecting their first child in about three days now. So oh, grandchild, grandpa, number two. Now, do you know it was a boy or girl? Uh, boy, and we had a my daughter Amy had a, a baby girl uh, back in June. She went into labor on my birthday, so I'm like, oh my gosh, this baby's gonna be born on my birthday! That would be amazing. Of course, Evie had other plans, she waited till the 23rd to come out. So yep. My granddaughter was born on the 23rd, and now my grandson Rhett a baby boy is going to be born on the 5th of May.
0: Now see that, that, wow. that is amazing. Now, not to discredit or put any, any importance away from a granddaughter, but as men, as fathers, <laughs> you know what I'm getting at here, right? All of a sudden the first grand son with the couture name. So the son is having the son. The father is becoming the son. And, and so that, that, you know, you can now rest easy that 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 bloodline is still going. That's that's amazing. We've only yeah, the, co- name,
1: the name, will definitely uh, yeah. The, the name will definitely be carried on through Rhett. So uh, very excited three to meet days. Rhett. I think everybody's excited to meet him.
0: So. Congratulations! Now we'll fully understand if the yeah. phone rings right now and you got to get out of here. You know, you never can't tell <laughs> with three days yeah, to go. Maybe
1: he'll come early.
0: That's amazing. I'm see. I, I'm. <laughs> I got a late start in, in the whole being a dad. I was 36 when my first child was born. And so my oldest, I have a stepdaughter, she's 16, but my son, he's 10. So 30, 10 years ago, I, I've still thinking I've got at least seven or eight years. I mean, we're talking best case scenario, a good 15, 20 years from now, but you know, worst case in seven or eight years before I become a grandpa, and as you can tell, there's already some gray happening here. We're we're ready. What about uh, you, you got, Nick? You hey, look look gray, got hair. <laughs> I don't
1: know what you're complaining about. He's got hair, right?
0: Well, you know what, man? I could stand up, Randy, and uh, I would trade all this hair to you for your physique. You're talking about your son having a, a, uh, the freshman 30. I've got like the dad 80 that I need to get rid of.
2: It's been about 10 years in the making. <laughs> yeah. I, I keep pushing you, JP. You got to just join the gym with me, dude. I, I, keep know. Trying. I know
0: it's not about a gym. You know, it's, we've talked about this before. That's a good transition. Um, what is well, jump it, on a you? bike with me? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I saw what happened to you when you jumped on a bike last time, you almost couldn't walk for three days, uh, you know, diet and exercise, you know, so it all starts in the kitchen and you got to eat good and just, you know, get that running. What, what do you do to stay fit? Randy, as a foot, what is a you fit, know, the fit realized, grandpa DVD? I you know, want to buy I it.
1: I, <laughs> I realized when I was retiring from fighting in 2011, that I couldn't get away with, Eating almost whatever I wanted, I was training, you know, twice a day, five or six days a week. And um, if, if I continued that behavior after retiring and being as busy as I've been, I would be a fat bastard in no time. So I started the intermittent fasting. Okay, <laughs> I started intermittent <laughs> fasting. It was very simple. I read some some studies on it. Um, a friend wrote a book on it called The Truth About uh, Pretty interesting book incorporated all these medical studies, obviously, because obesity is, is a pretty big issue in our country. And, um, the, the intermittent fasting, first of all, I'm a busy guy. So I would, a lot of times I'd be two, three in the afternoon and I'm like, man, I'm starving. Realize I hadn't eaten yet that day. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so basically you pick a six hour window. I'm more of a night person. So from one or two in the afternoon till six or seven at night, sometimes eight, that's my window to eat food, solid food. Now I'll drink water and, and beverages in the other 18 hours that, that I'm not taking in food. But just in eliminating calories in your week, that's a per, pretty remarkable, sizable chunk of calories that you remove. I'm a busy guy anyway, so it's it's easy. I don't measure. I know what good food is. We know We all know what bad food is and what good food is. Anything that's processed, anything that's been made to last on the shelves three, four, five, six months is probably not good for you. Anything that's been fried, probably not good for you. Anything that's whole, healthy, not genetically modified is probably good food, and that's the way it was intended to be. So try to eat good food in that six-hour window, but I don't eat the rest of the 18 hours. There's a, a whole cascade of hormones. Your body metabolizes fat stores to use as energy in that fasting period. And it's, it's it's really, really pretty good for you. Food is actually oxidizing. It causes aging. Uh, There's a lot of things uh, that that food, especially bad food, but everything we do is, is stressful too. coffee, alcohol, daily life, work. It's all stressful. Sodas. uh, (laughs) I I haven't had one of those in 25 years. But uh, um, you know, If I had a vice, it's probably, you know, having a glass or two of wine, uh, you know, with dinners. That's not a horrible vice uh, to have at all. Yeah. You know, but again, the the intermittent fasting really seemed to fit and work for me. It's a simple thing. The first couple of weeks are tough because we're creatures of habit. You know, we go to the bathroom at the same times. We tend to sleep at the same times. We tend to eat around the same times. So your brain's going to start chattering Mm -hmm. and telling you you're hungry. And you're not hungry. You're not starving. You ate the night before. You're, you're not going to starve. So uh, once you adjust those habits into only eating at those certain times of day, uh, man, you're off and running. And, and it's allowed me, you know, as busy as I've gotten since I retired from fighting, I'm traveling all the time, doing all this sort of stuff. I don't get to the gym like I used to. I don't train five days a week. Um, you know, in fact, I do a lot of bodyweight exercises in the house or in the hotel room uh, a lot more than I do going actually in the gym and training. So, uh, this has allowed me to stay lean and, and stay in reasonable shape.
0: Well done. I, uh, I should take that. See, Nick, I saw you do the beard grub. Was that just a, a tick or did you have something?
2: No, no, I've actually, I've actually got some questions this time. All right. So- <laughs> Yeah,
0: so, actually, so- <laughs> I want to intermittent fast. I'm 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 going to apply that. <clears throat> I was waiting for you, man. I'm like, okay, he did he did the cue, and he's not talking.
2: All right. Oh, come on, <laughs> what about little Nick here? <laughs> um, so when you were fighting and like doing movies, did you get to take the kids with you? Do they did they get to go see you do this kind of stuff?
1: Yeah, Amy Amy came down to set when I was doing Cradle to the Grave. That was my very first film. Okay. Um, Ryan hasn't come to his set yet. Um, so they, they haven't really experienced what that whole process is like and Mm -hmm. what that's, what that is. I thought, uh, just a couple weeks ago, my son, uh, Caden was on spring break and he came down for a long weekend. And I thought that, uh, I was in the middle of filming a movie and I was supposed to work some days that weekend. So I was going to take him to set. They ended up pushing Mm -hmm. my dates till the next week. So he didn't actually get Uh to go. Uh, it worked out. We still had a blast. Yeah, no, but cool. I thought he would have been intrigued by by the process and being on a set and seeing how yeah, yeah. that movie all that magic stuff happens. So, mm-hmm.
2: what about like the fights and stuff? Was there your kids were younger when you were fighting? So did they go with you at all? Or,
1: you know, Caden went to one when he was a baby, and uh-huh. the noise the noise really bothered him. Yeah, uh, too too intense and too much. It was a really bad idea. Yeah, and so. You know, my wife, Trish ended up taking him out into the mezzanine and and get kind of getting away from the crowd and all the noise when he was a tyke, you know, six, seven years old, Matt and Danny and I were all running a sport fight up in Oregon. And so um, when I would have my visitations, I took him to one or two fights then. And he was a kid. He didn't care. He was coloring the whole time. (laughs) He literally did not care. One iota what was going on. Uh, And then when I was, you know, when he became older, and I was still fighting. He, I don't, he never came to a fight. He'd watched them on TV, but he mm-hmm. would wait till after the fact. So he knew how things came out. Um, yeah. But, uh, Kay. Ryan came, Ryan came to some and obviously Ryan fought um, yeah. for a long time. Amy trained in jujitsu and training kickboxing, did some judo. She was involved until she was, uh, 17 or so in in the grappling sports and, and mm-hmm. fighting Um, She, she did a couple grappling tournaments and she was actually very, very good. Uh, She should have been the fighter, but then at 18, she decided she wanted to go a different direction and, and uh, never really came back to it. So
2: interesting. What
0: if it's any of my business and you're willing to share, is she, what path has she gone on?
1: Uh, You know, she kind of went on her own way. Went went on a walkabout, traveled around, lived in a bunch of different places, lived downtown Seattle, uh you know when she graduated high school she's like dad i'm not going to college it's a waste of my time and your money and i'm like i'm not sure how you argue with that <laughs> right um, <laughs> but you know she was never asking me for anything she was very very independent uh always had jobs always taking care of herself paying her own rent doing her own thing very few times did i did did i have to get involved and i was worried about her but but she you know she never got into trouble she was she She did a great job of just kind of finding her own way. And then I I brought her down here in her 20s um, to start working for me at my my corporate office. And she didn't really like Vegas. It wasn't her scene at all. Um, She's a bit of a bohemian. She's got a sleeve of tattoos. She's My two oldest are, it's so crazy to me because they are the two sides of my personality. She's the party animal, kind of a wild child. And my son is the intellectual... You know, soft-spoken math guy. Um, Amy was the painter and, and kind of the creative one. I, you know, I, I have both of those sides of my personality, and my kid, my kids exhibit two halves of that. It's really kind of weird, but uh, it's they're, amazing they're great though, kids.
2: to see how your kid, how kids do that, though. where you've got, yeah, I have six kids, and they're all yeah, it's so really interesting. Yeah. So.
1: so down here working for me, she started uh, helping at a at a. Uh, a rehab center basically for meth addicts and, and helping run this foundation to help meth addicts get clean and get back on their feet. And in that experience, she found what she wanted to do. She wanted to be in sociology and kind of wanted to help people. She ran a couple of adult healthcare places, you know, um, and then she went back to Portland and and went to college and got her degree in, in um, sociology. And she was working for a long time, Uh, helping people handicap folks get their benefits and get their care set up in their homes. Uh, And I bet she would call me sometimes coming home from one of those jobs, like, Oh my gosh, you can't believe what I saw today. It was, it was really tough. And, you know, but she, you know, she just, she was a stud. She was doing really, really well. I think she had about 20 people working under her and they were kind of working her to death and they wouldn't really give her any more people or give her a raise. And so about two years ago, she walked away from that job and kind of just went back to bartending. Uh, And then she met the guy that uh, she had been longtime friends with before. They were bartenders together before when she was on her walkabout. And uh, they kind of reconnected, ended up uh, starting something romantic, and now they have a child. So Evie is here uh, because of that experience. So amazing
0: that is awesome. I I, I'm shifting gears here. I, (laughs) I like to do this. I, 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 it's no planning, no prerequisite, but you ready for the strangest (laughs) question you're going to have at least all day, Randy. (laughs) Sure. Let's go. Tell me about the curse of the clown motel. Oh,
1: (laughs) well, that's a film. I just, I just finished. Um, If you can interesting, there is actually really a clown motel in Tanopla, Nevada. Yes.
0: I literally Uh, drove no place stopped in it a week ago when we were in town. And
1: I have never actually been to the clown motel. My my girlfriend Mindy has shot another movie there about the clown motel. This one is about the curse of the clown motel. I play in the first act of the movie as a, an old 1870s cavalry captain (laughs) that kind of dupes a small tribe of Indians his soldiers and himself, they slaughter these Indians to take the land and use it for the railroad. And um, in doing that, in killing the the final elder of the tribe, he curses the ground.
0: <laughs> so then, the,
1: uh, and, and ultimately, his spirit comes back and wipes out me and all my men for what we did to his tribe. And again, perpetuates this, this curse that's put on this land. And so now fast forward to the future. They built this motel there, and now all this weird, crazy stuff starts happening at the hotel. So, that's my part of the curse. Is I'm I'm instrumental in creating a curse by <laughs> by this Indian elder.
0: It sounds like poltergeist revisited <laughs> in, in, in a crazy yeah. clown way, but that's funny. I was just going through, you know, I was doing your the, the Randy stalking. On uh, IMDb
2: and Wikipedia. Right, so, so, and that speaking thing, of movies, up. I got to know, are we going to have an expendables for?
1: <laughs> there's a lot of talk. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about that for the last four years, four or five years. Uh, about three years ago, they actually had a script that, that okay. they were going to try and push to may, be the next expendables for. And then uh, for some reason, that got pushed to the side. I got contacted a couple months ago. Um, saying there is a script in development and they're looking to start filming Expendables for this fall. Hmm. So hopefully that stays hopefully. true. My kids and, love the movies. I love the, the movies. So it's like, yeah. yeah. How, I'm, long, I'm a fan. how long Excited. can we all keep
0: doing this, though? I mean, <laughs> I, I, not to sound sensitive. I've got
1: to ask that question. Yeah. Come on,
2: Stallone's not even human. So it's
0: like, <laughs> right. I don't know. I'll keep this doing
2: 190, 90, you know? there's something along those lines. <laughs> yeah. So my buddy actually tattoos him. So he was like, he was telling me that, yeah, they've been talking about it. And I'm like, Oh man, <laughs> that'd yeah. be awesome. So,
1: yeah, he's got uh, kind of two half sleeves on, on both of yeah. his shoulders. But I don't think a lot of people see he keeps them covered most of the time, but uh, mm-hmm. he exposed them a little bit in the expendables. Man, yeah. Vester
0: Stallone. Yeah. That's, Oh, he, he is one of my, and here I go talking about another guy during your show, but I, uh, as a, as a child, my dad, you know, rest his soul. My dad was a very great father, and I miss him every single day. He took me to see Rocky Three in the theater. So we're talking 1983, 82-ish. Yeah. And, of course, gets his ass kicked by Mr. T, and then gets the rematch Old school theaters, okay? They're not like we're talking today. We're talking tiny seats, and the back of the seats had metal, like metal plating siding on it, that little diamond stuff. And <laughs> I left that theater with bloody knuckles because I was so excited, punched in the back, and my dad just <laughs> let me do it. And it didn't even bother me, and, you know, that was one of my first and earliest memories in the theater with my father, and, of course, Sylvester Stallone, Rocky, um, from that point forward, I've just been, I've been a, I've been a big, big, big fan of Sylvester and I just love that he's still doing what he's doing and so well. And and, God, I say even better than, then he's probably in better shape now than he was when he was in 35 years old.
1: I, uh, I drank my fair share of raw eggs after, uh, (laughs) uh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I wish. (laughs) Did
0: you put on the gray sweats and everything? Yeah,
1: I think we all we all did. You know? <laughs> I found some
2: stairs at one point. I'm like, I'm going to run up these stairs thousands of times, like an no. idiot. <laughs> did you make it? <laughs> no, I didn't. I I still it still hurts. Wow.
0: <laughs> How old is uh, today? Is your youngest child Randy? Right? Just he just
1: turned eighteen. So he just
0: that's right. He just turned eighteen. You said you mentioned yeah. that earlier. So man, now it's entering in the whole grandpa stage. That yep. is oh i i'm only assuming because neither of us are grandpas yet and you've got a little bit of experience now with the first that this is considerably better because you can always give them right back when you get exactly. to hang out with them <laughs> right that's <laughs> least what he's exactly. what i keep hearing
1: oh needs to be changed Here you go.
0: <laughs> <laughs> i've done my fair share here you go Yeah, you
1: get,
2: you get all the fun stuff you get to go buy all the toys spoil them yeah. get them all riled up and give them back to mom and dad and mom and dad get to go deal with the sleepless nights and <laughs>
1: yeah, get them all hopped up on sugar and send exactly. them back.
2: Yeah. That's a, that's what, that's what my in-laws do that. We, we take the baby over there and he gets all riled up all day with grandpa and comes home and he's just a, just a nightmare. It's like, Oh, you need to go back to Papa.
0: <laughs> Randy, let's talk about the, uh, your foundation. I know you've got a very big event coming up in Vegas here in a few weeks. The, uh, the Harley ride, um, is it, is it the natural couture
1: foundation? Is that Extreme Couture, extreme, Couture, excuse G. me, GI G. I foundation. Yeah. I started it back in, in 07, 08. Um, you know, in 06 I went to Iraq and spent 12 days on the ground with our troops. Um, it was, it was a, a very interesting, a very good trip. Rich Franklin and I went over there. Um, and then the next year in 07, I got to go to Walter Reed and Bethesda, uh, And the Fisher House, a friend of mine, we put on a big barbecue for all the residents at the Fisher House, which is the military's version of the Ronald McDonald House. It houses families of wounded veterans who are in the hospital going through their surgeries and get fitted. And it was me, Don Fry, and and, uh, Ken Shamrock. We all went out there. We put on this big barbecue. It was a lot of fun. We got to go through the wards and meet a bunch of the families and soldiers fresh off the battlefield going through those surgeries. And. Uh, heard a bunch of horror stories about the financial woes of their caretakers their caregivers, you know, which is their mom, their wife, their father losing jobs in their houses, getting their cars impounded, all kinds of stuff. So, uh, you know, there's just too many, too many falling through the cracks. Um, so I got motivated through that experience to file for 501c3 status and started using my gym staff, uh, to do some small events and raise some money, um, and put them into the hands of a soldier and his family to take some of that financial pressure off them and get him back up and running to be back in the civilian world. Um, we've been doing that now. This will be our 13th motorcycle poker run on the 15th of May. We've been doing this for 13 years now, every year we get to go out uh, at least Traditionally, we go out, I go out to the hospital. The staff there helps me identify the folks that are struggling the most financially. And so we'll put a $10,000 check in each family's hand uh, and just take that pressure off of them. That's a pretty good kick in the butt for most people. Um, Mm -hmm. And and that's what we've been doing for a long time. We've expanded our mission a little bit, wanted to help more people in the communities where we're actually doing these events instead of just going to the hospital. So through our other foundation, uh, merging vets and players, vetsandplayers.org, where we open up our gyms and allow any vet or retired player athlete to come train and then give them also a place not only to train because almost to a man, they say, Oh, he should have seen me when I was in uniform. Didn't matter what that uniform was, whether it was a military uniform or, or a uniform walking on a football field or something, they were in the peak shape. Right. And and now like most of us that let themselves go and, and they don't feel so great about themselves. And, and that many of them lack a, a new purpose, a new thing to challenge them and, and, and keep them going. So bring them all together, allow them to talk about their woes, give them a place where they can be vulnerable. They can share and show those weaknesses. There's no stigma attached and it's a safe place because we all speak the same language. We're all going through the same stuff has been amazingly powerful. And then getting them back, most of those ballplayers missed their locker room. Most of those soldiers miss that platoon, miss their squad, those guys that they, they literally had life and death experiences with. And so giving them that new team, giving them those guys, again, that speak that same language, struggle with the same things, help them find their way through those, those pitfalls, stay out of some of those rabbit holes, dealing with PTSD and some of that other stuff, and then linking arms with some of these other foundations that actually provide mental health services, rehab services, all kinds of get them jobs, all kinds of stuff like that. It's been amazingly powerful. And that has allowed us to take some of the extreme couture GI foundation money and give that to some of these guys in these communities that we're actually doing these events at and help take some of their financial pressure off as they're, again, struggling with that transition.
0: Man, if more people in this country were like you, I think we'd have a much better country living in today.
1: Well, (laughs) I think, you know, we have 55,000 veterans living on the street, homeless. And to my mind, that's just, that's absurd. That's ridiculous. And you throw on top of that, the 22 that we lose to PTSD and suicide every single day. It's just a ridiculous situation. And -hmm. I think that we have to do a much better job of taking care of our own folks, our own people that stood up for this country and took that oath. Right. Um, That's just, that's my opinion.
0: And well... In this case, I would have to agree that your opinion is one hundred percent correct, and anybody who says otherwise, you're wrong. I'm sorry. Yeah. Period. Are we getting a tour of the house, Randy? What's going on? You're standing up, stretching. Out.
1: I'm moving. I'm moving to a little more light. It's, it's starting to get dark. <laughs> ah,
0: more, so. all right. Well, you know, you, you're doing you're doing the, uh, great things. So I, the I, kitchen
1: I, table with a little more light.
0: Again, uh, you're doing great things, and I it's there's a there's an applause for you right there i don't know if that's coming through on your end but
1: thanks for randy look up schedule for extreme couture GI foundation at xcgif.org that'll have the schedule of any of our events we've got the ride coming up here in vegas we've got another ride scheduled right now in quad cities uh illinois iowa in that region uh in august there'll be a country concert and a motorcycle poker run down there this will be the third year we've done that there with one of my buddies Bam who who's spearheading that. And uh, so we have Patrick Crosby up in the Pacific Northwest. He's been putting on events for us and raising money and doing stuff for us up there as well. Um, and then the betsandplayers.org is MVP, Merging Vets Players. That was founded by Jay Glazier and Nate Boyer. Right. I run the Vegas chapter, uh, the Nevada. The, the, the second chapter we ever opened was at my gym here in Nevada. Uh, in Las Vegas. And so now we're in six countries uh, six countries, six cities across the country. Uh, we just opened in Seattle. We're getting ready to open in Dallas very soon. I'm pushing pretty hard to get open in Oklahoma City. I'm hoping we can get that online and just get more outlets for these guys that have been either soldiers or professional athletes a place to train and share and get connected to their to their brothers and sisters. so been amazing. All right, That's awesome.
0: I'm going to do something that is a first in the history of DadCast podcast, and it's happening in real time as we are doing this episode. So, Nick, that guy right over there, he just sent me a text, and I couldn't agree more. So, we are making the awesome. announcement today as a uh, we're an LLC as well, DadCast LLC. Uh, we have to choose a nonprofit to donate. Some money to when things get rocking and rolling here, and uh, if you can see it right there, Nick Martin just said, "Let's make his nonprofit the one we donate to," and I couldn't agree more. So there you go. We're oh. we're, we're gonna do our part on Dadcast to uh, help out you and, and obviously our, our veterans <laughs> and all that as well. Yeah, man,
1: I really appreciate that. Thank you guys. That's awesome.
0: That is awesome. I got the heebie-jeebies now, man. Nick,
2: you did it <laughs> to me again. You just made my. Yeah, made- that's nice. No, just you know, thinking you know, my kids in the army. It's like you know, it's a, it's a good get back to you know, knows what might happen uh, to him. Who knows how crazy the world's going to get and what he might get himself into with this journey he's on. So, well, it's, you know, knowing that there's people out there that care and and
1: do stuff is awesome. So, yeah, but we got to be careful. We're going to get really weepy here. We start talking about <laughs> our veterans and our kids. And, oh uh, no, right? That's- I've got a
2: in Arizona that is a big Harley guy. And, uh, I was just going to ask you, do you guys do anything in
1: Arizona with the Harley ride? We, we haven't done anything in Arizona yet. I, you know, okay. I I'm, I'm, uh, new to Arizona. We just picked up a ranch and just outside of Flagstaff this, this July. Okay. Um, so we're spending some time in Arizona and, and, uh, my girlfriend is, is, uh, into politics. She, she ran for Congress here in the district three in the, in, in, the, in the last election, uh, so and she's been doing a lot of public speaking and political stuff, and and she's connected with some people that are doing some things in Arizona as well. So uh, cool. that there's possible uh, some potential for some yeah. events in in Arizona.
2: Yeah, well, yeah, sure. if you do something, I'll, I'll hook you guys up. He's an army veteran. Um, I think he served like 15 years, and uh, he works for uh, city of Nevada or not city of Nevada, city of Arizona now. Some whatever city he's in, he does the oh, okay. stuff. So but he's a nice. big Harley guy. He worked for the Harley dealership over there for a while and found he loved working for parks and rec instead and making a difference. So,
1: yeah, very cool. Yeah. We were supposed to do a ride last summer in, in Nashville. Mm-hmm. It'll be the first ride we've ever done in Nashville, uh, former Marine, Chris Turner, who's also an up and coming country star. Yeah. yeah. Uh, was, was organizing, organizing a ride there for us. And, and the, the pandemic kind of shut us down. So yeah. we're hoping this summer we'll get, we'll get the, uh, the ride back up in the Nashville area, which will be a lot of fun. Definitely. And Chris, the great guy, Chris is actually going to come play for us at the ride down in, in quad cities. He's going to be the country act. I think that comes in place for us down there. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, very cool.
0: Amazing. I, I'm going to tune in. And speaking of tuning in, uh, I, I have to drop this seed on every single episode we do. Um, it's more of a, it, it puts you on the spot, Randy, but I think you're going to like it. So <laughs> We are inviting every single guest that we have had on over the past month or two, and it's going to happen soon. We're talking, and I know you're a super busy guy, but we're going to invite back. for a, <laughs> It's a Father's Day episode, which will take literally 20 to 30 minutes tops uh, in the first week of June, maybe second week of June sometime, and we're going to have about... 27 of these little squares on the screen of all you guys who've been on the show. Um, Father's Day special, just wishing each other a happy Father's Day and everyone out there a happy Father's Day. And I think it'll be a lot of fun. It'll be interesting to see all these different celebrity dads, whether you're an athlete, a movie star, a musician, all come together on one screen for a quick little Father's Day shout out. I'm inviting you to see if that would be something you'd be interested in. And obviously with time constraints and getting everyone's schedules together, we might have to do this at like two o'clock in the morning one day. But uh is that some, <laughs> that's something you'd be interested in?
1: Yeah, keep me in the loop. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. And,
0: and how can you say no anyway when you're on the spot like that? I get it. That's why I ask. It's <laughs> <laughs> Nick, it's starting to it's starting to pan out, man. This is that's gonna be a real fun episode. Yeah, you know, yeah, by that be awesome. by that time, uh, I think we're we've got we're getting four. It was a forest. Griffin, he's uh hopefully yeah, coming on. Forrest Uriah coming on. Peter. Uriah, we've got you. We got you know you know Brian Lindsay of course he's going to be joining on that episode. Uh, Jordan Farmer, Brian so that awesome. all that'll, that'll be fun to get all you guys together and I can just sit back and and watch the magic happen. <laughs> all right, so we're we're getting we still got about ten minutes, give or take. We man, we've we've covered it all. We've covered your foundation. We've covered your kids. You're gonna be a grandpa. We've talked a little yeah. bit about movies, which I was doing my best to steer away from, but I I can't help it, man. I I have to ask you, you what's the favorite film you have done, and then there'll be a follow up question.
1: Man, uh, I think obviously Expendables was a pretty special property especially that first one yeah uh getting you know getting a chance to sit down and talk to sly about that character and you know he's originally um had me come in to talk about hail caesar and it was originally written for wesley snipes he was going to adapt it and make it a little more uh suitable for me um he ended up getting terry Cruz and and terry was amazing yeah uh, in that. That was very, you know, brought all his humor and, and the gregarious personality that he has to that role. I'm, I'm, and after sitting down and talking to me about that role and our conversation, Sly went back and rewrote Toll Road into the movie. And all the things that we discussed in the, in our meeting came out with, you know, talking about my ear and all that stuff in the movie. So I was more than honored and, and honestly flattered that, that he didn't just say, ah, well, we got this guy and, and he, you know, and and kind of blow me off. He, he kept me in there. He's, he's a huge fight fan boxing, especially, but MMA as well. And so I just felt honored to be involved with that whole group of guys, Uh, learn from them, see how they, you know, their approach to this profession. And uh, I mean, there's not a better group of guys to be around. And it was a huge learning experience. And my first time being involved in, you know, a number one movie uh, that summer. So pretty cool. Yeah. That
2: that was, that was awesome. It's a great flick. Now I've got a question on the expendables real quick, JP on the expendables line is the, the Bruce Willis beef. Is that, is that real? Or can you talk about it? Or,
1: <laughs> I mean, I, I'm obviously not on the ground floor of that <laughs> whole thing. My understanding is um, he had, you know, they asked him to be in, in three. Mm-hmm. He was in one and two. Yeah. Yeah. They asked him to be in three and they wanted to kind of give him a bigger role. He was just coming off of reds and mm-hmm. they were talking about reds two. And he asked for an exorbitant amount of money to, to be involved in the film. And so Sly was, I think, a little offended, at least that's what my understanding. Yeah. And uh, so he wrote it, rewrote it. So that's what brought Harrison Ford into the third movie. That and they awesome. had that, that little set of dialogue about, you know, about Bruce's character yeah. going to the Arctic <laughs> or something. I don't remember what they said, but. Uh, that's how all that kind of came about. And that's not the first time that's happened. I mean, Mickey Rourke was supposed to be in the second film, and he was just coming mm-hmm. off of Iron Man. Yep. And again, he, he did the same thing. He asked for an exorbitant amount of money to be involved in the film, and Sly said, "Ah, rewrite it. And he just rewrote it and brought Liam Hemsworth in to play our sniper in in, in that movie instead mm-hmm. of Mickey. So, you know, uh, I, I can't, you know. I have no perspective on that, honestly. Everybody's got to do what they think is best for their career, honestly. And yeah. I really have.
2: I don't know. If it was me, I'm like, there's so yeah. many legends. I'd be like, screw the money. Like, this is just an experience in its own, just to be with all these guys and everything yeah. they've done. So, yeah. No, it
1: was a great, it's a great group of guys to, to hang out with, to be on set with. Yeah. Um, I had a lot of fun. I felt like I was back on my old high school football team. We're in That's the locker awesome. room and suited up, getting ready to go out and play, you know? I mean, we're telling jokes and just having a blast. It was a great group of guys. So I now my
2: new goal was. is we've got to get all the expendables on an episode and, and just do an expendable <laughs> episode. <laughs> wow. See, Nick, there he goes with his big aspirations. That's what
0: we call him, the tenacious one. And I'm in for it, man. I'm in for it. You, you can arrange that, Nick. I will give you the brand new car that I just got that I cannot speak of on the
2: air yet. All right. Deal. All right, Randy, Deal. When, we're, when we're done, we'll get, we got a lot of talking. about <laughs> <laughs> I want his brand-new car. <laughs> I've got a question,
0: and I may catch some flack on this for the rest of my life, but I don't care. I think Randy Couture would beat up Chuck Norris, and they were <laughs> a star together. Now, do you think that's you two getting a fight right now? Who wins that fight? Oh, man. That- Come on. It's got to
1: be you. You can never go against Chuck <laughs> Norris. You can't do that. That's what I mean, I- it, 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 it's, That's just downright un-American. <laughs> oh, I <mean>. ah,
0: oh. <laughs> Randy Couture just called me un-American, Nick. <laughs> I, I, I have
2: to agree with him.
0: Like,
1: no, I'm not, saying I would, would be un-American. Oh, back
0: right, back. right. I know. But can you imagine the pay-per-view dollars that would bring in?
1: <laughs> <laughs> He's a great guy. Amazing man. Obviously, we're excited to have him in Expendables 2. Um, I, I had met him and been around him a couple of times. Cause obviously he's, he's a lifelong martial artist and uh, actually rented a movie theater up in Santa Clarita to watch the passion of the Christ. And I got an invitation to go sit with him and watch that film in the movie theater that he had rented out. So pretty, pretty cool moment. Obviously he's a, he's a, a very strong Christian, has very strong beliefs and faith and, and uh, is not shy about that. So mm-hmm.
0: Um my 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 six seven degrees of Kevin Bacon moment is actually uh so Chip Wright, he's a karate instructor here in Medford, he is Chuck's stunt double uh for Texas Walker Ranger. And I can't oh. tell you how many times um I took a picture because my son uh you know was in karate with him and took a picture every time he, he leveled up a belt. And every time I posted that on social media, everyone calls, Oh my gosh, he looks he's with Chuck Norris. It's like, no, that's his that's Chip right. But they look so much alike. It's ridiculous. Uh, but uh yeah, I mean, that's that's amazing. Okay. All right, I take it back. No one's fighting <laughs> each other at all. It's not gonna happen. I'm sorry I asked, but that's gonna make for a great little clip. I you know what I'm saying, Nick yeah <laughs> so what's what's next
2: yeah, American. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <I> put, <yeah. laughs> that's clickbait if there ever was one what's next uh in the journey of fatherhood aside from being a grandpa in oh gosh three days or less now it, it might be four or five yeah. or six though you know how this works out sometimes uh what's next in uh, your journey in fatherhood randy or is it just more of the same
1: well, obviously, uh, just seeing Caden off, uh, See he's, he's getting ready to graduate here pretty quick and then and, and make his way to Corvallis and, and start school at, at Oregon State next fall. So going to get a few things situated for him and, and, and make sure he's squared away and ready to go there. Um, that's probably the, the only, aside from being the granddad, getting meat rent here pretty quick, that, that's probably the other folly duty that's that's coming up uh, in this next six
0: months. That's, oh man, I, I honestly can't wait to be a grandpa. The idea of it. I mean, I can wait, don't get me wrong, but just that whole, (laughs) that whole whole progression. Yeah, I know the 16 year old, we're knocking on that wood, but just that, that journey of, in that path, I just, I, I really feel that I'm going to be a really great granddad. And I, I, I look forward to that. Like you said, Hand it right back, you know. All right, kid, you go change the diapers. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll feed them up and, and-
1: drum set. What are you talking about? Yeah, right?
2: <laughs> oh, I look forward to that. Amazing stuff, Nick. Come on, man, give me something, baby. You actually I got something. So, actually, are you going to be? Are you bringing your son up here to take him to when he goes to college?
1: Uh- hoping that I'm able to make it up for his graduation. There, okay. you know, obviously limited limited tickets and limited yeah. attendance because of the COVID restrictions. But uh, so I'm hoping I, I've got uh, the PFLs, right? We just started the PFL season mm-hmm. and I'm commentating for them the, the next part of our, our regular season while well, we have a fight next Thursday. And then the second half of the regular season starts in June, which is around the same time as oh, he's going to be doing his commencement walk. Um, so I'm hoping that I don't miss that. I want to make it up to Oregon for that. Yeah. Um,
2: well, if you are up uh, here, you have like a day, you can make it to Medford, which is only two and a half hours away. He doesn't, need, know, a whole, her, he doesn't need a whole a, day.
1: Two hours. I've been to I've, I've Medford a few times. Been okay. there. I Yeah, I'd love uh, to have
2: you for like a part two.
1: I coach the, the Gutches boys. Yeah. I coach the Gutches boys that are Medford boys. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Less than Jason Gutch's. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah,
0: uh, I bet a nice area. I like yeah. it down there. I, I I moved from LA to this area in Oregon in gosh, my very early thirties. And well, anyone who's been to LA knows this is way better. In my opinion, it's, it's slower. <laughs> it's slower. It's prettier. You can breathe better. Honestly, there's more to do when it comes to outdoors stuff. You know, you want to go skiing, uh, hiking, snowboarding, fishing, hiking. You could do it all on the same day. You want to go surfing, head over to the beach, all done in the same day. It's a beautiful thing about Oregon. And probably the best thing, no traffic to speak of. (laughs) And here I am wanting to move down to Vegas. (laughs) Ah,
1: Well, you know, there's some bonuses.
0: Huh? Uh-huh. There's some bonuses for that. What? What? You're talking about the PFL. Before we run too much out of time here, Randy. Before we went on the air, we were. Oh, my son, come here, boy. For you, got to meet my son, Randy. So this is Sawyer. Hello,
1: Sawyer. How you doing, buddy? Good. Good man. He nice at, to meet
0: you. He asked me earlier when I was talking about you, um if. What did you say? Could I beat him up? And I says, no, I, I could not. And he was asking me if <laughs> if Randy was going to choke slam me because no, no. he fe- oh because he felt <laughs> I, I think I think he thought that you were like a wrestler wrestler a professional wrestler. And oh. I says, no, son, he's he's what they call Greco Roman real. That's real wrestling where they, they tie you up into a pretzel kid and you tap out or you lose your consciousness. But anyway, that's Randy. He's an awesome guy. And, uh, there you go. You got to, you got to meet Randy Couture.
1: Bye. (laughs) Bye. Bye.
0: There he goes. So let's talk about the PFL real quick before we, um, we actually started the podcast or you, uh, you had a lot to say that was real important to stuff coming up, um, in regards to that.
1: Yeah, this is our third season with the professional fighters league. Um, it's it's uh they've taken mma and they put it in a true sports format like every other sport we're used to there's a regular season there's this season there's 10 fighters in in six weight classes they'll fight each fighter will fight twice in the regular season depending on how they finish those fights you get a criteria point uh you know for for finishing the fights early knockout or or submission the top four guys with the most criteria points at the end of the regular season going to go to the playoffs they'll fight the winners of that fight will be in the championship fight and they're basically a new champion every single season um and they're giving away a million dollar check to each athlete that wins that plus they're paying them throughout the season through the regular season and everything else like any other pro ball player would, would would get so um it's a meritocracy. You want to talk smack, talk smack, but it's not going to get you anywhere. Right. you still got to walk up that cage and score those points to get a shot at the title and the, and the bigger money. So um, I like it. I think it's really cool. Um, you know, it, it, this is our third season now. We took 2020 off because we didn't want to jeopardize that format. We spent so much time building, uh, trying to do it halfway with all the pandemic COVID stuff. So uh, we took 2020 off. And now we just started two weeks ago. We had our first show for the regular season we're on ESPN plus and ESPN Two. Uh, this next week. We're actually moving to ESPN, the big channel. So uh, I'll be very excited. Obviously, the ratings must be doing pretty well or uh, <laughs> I'm going to turn some lights on. It's getting darker and darker in here. Uh, the ratings must be doing pretty well in the first two shows. So. They've moved us to ESPN this next week on Thursday. So, well, very excited
0: about that. That's awesome, man. Congratulations yeah. on that. Nick, you look yeah, like you're about cool. to have something. Oh, no, I got, I got All it. All right. Excellent, man. <laughs> well, Randy, man, we are pretty much out of time for this episode. Uh, I want to thank you so very, very much for taking the time out of your obviously incredibly busy schedule to chat with a couple old dads from Oregon, man, here on Dadcast. It's. Truly been a highlight for me. And I'm very yeah, thankful, man. man. Thank you so much. And of course, for everything you do for our veterans and, you know, the sport and everything you are, you're a great man, man. We appreciate it. And I look forward to uh, actually meeting you in person. When we come down to Vegas here in uh, a few weeks, if you're there or right. sometime in the very near future, right, Nick?
1: Yes. Well, thank and I appreciate you guys having me on. It's tough to turn down a theme like, like a dad cast. I mean, Kids, you know, I've put them through a couple of divorces. They spent a lot of time in gymnasiums on this journey in athletics that I've been on. And I, you know, I, I think ultimately it was them that that was the motivation and impetus to do all this stuff. So I'm um, happy to uh, be on a podcast dedicated to our children. Pretty cool. And
0: we thank you, man. That's that's what we're hoping for. It's kind of why this has really struck a chord with many, many people out there, especially obviously dads. Uh, they're they're knocking at the door. They want to be on this podcast. To, and like, like you said in your promotional teaser for us, you know everyone's always talking about the championships and the movies, and no one rarely deep dives into your family and your kids. And that's what, at least for me and what I like to think anyone else out there who's a dad is the most important thing out there, and that is being a dad and their kids what motivates me and here's to 2045 the next ufc heavyweight champion Brett. (laughs) (laughs) congratulations on that um that is pretty much it man thank you randy uh nick unless you got anything i'm gonna call this thing oh man thank you yeah
2: appreciate it guys
0: you got it man randy couture he is an army sergeant he's a ufc champion movie star most importantly a dad thank you for being on dadcast we will see all of you next week thanks man peace out